1: I'm Peter Pettit, a teaching pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church, and today we listen for the gospel in the writings of the biblical prophet Isaiah. As we hear it and see that it resonates throughout scripture, the story it tells shapes our engagement with the world. The reading is from the ninth chapter of Isaiah, verses one through four. Indeed, there will be no exhaustion for the land that has suffered oppression. At the outset, the Lord diminishes the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. In the end, the Lord brings honor to this way of the sea, Transjordan, Galilee of the nations. This people, those walking in darkness, have seen a great light, those dwelling in a land as dark as death, a light has shined on them. Have you made the nation greater? No, you have increased the joy. They have rejoiced in your presence as with rejoicing at the harvest or as they would celebrate in dividing up spoils of war. For their burdensome yoke And the bar on their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor, you have shattered, like the day of Midian. What does all this have to do with our lives? Let's give that some thought. The big picture context in which we see events in our world makes a world of difference. When I was a child, one of my favorite weekly ritual moments was Saturday morning and the cartoons. Get up early, pop myself down, and the whole morning long, one cartoon after the next after the next. And there was a particular moment that occurred in many of those cartoons which became a favorite for me. Lots of different ways it was portrayed, but it ran something like this. There's somebody in the cartoon, and you see them running, and it turns out they're running away from something, and it's really gaining on them, and they're really scared, and they're running as hard as they can, and they're finally pulling away a little bit, and they're thinking, yes, I finally made it, I've escaped, and the picture turns back as they turn their head and go off a cliff. Or the little fish swimming around in the water and the sunlight comes in and there's a predator fish chasing it and it's darting this way and that, scrambling around in the light, trying to find at least someplace that it could hide, someplace nice and and dark or, or protected. And in the midst of that, it darts into a dark cave. And as the picture comes back, it is a shark's mouth. They lost track of the big picture context in which they were scrambling. Now, I've had some of that experience myself. In 2019, when Lynn and I were moving here to the Quad Cities, leaving our home in Pennsylvania, it was the day that the moving van finally closed the doors and drove away and Lynn had left the day before to make sure that she was here and had everything ready for us. I was the one who was responsible for making sure that every last piece of what we were moving got to Iowa and then clean the house and have it ready for the new owner. So I've packed up the car, I'm up on the second floor, I have the mop, I have the broom, I'm cleaning up and all of a sudden I hear from downstairs, hey Peter, it's the new owner. Saul had arrived in his new home, a little bit before we expected him. But he came upstairs and he said, Peter, get out of here. You're supposed to be going to Iowa. Don't worry about this. It's good enough. You don't have to do any more cleaning. Okay, thanks a lot. So I head downstairs, one more sweep through the kitchen, out the pantry, and I notice there are three boxes sitting there. Well, I'm supposed to make sure everything goes to Iowa. So I pick, you can see where this is going, right? (laughs) Three boxes, stuff it in a car that's already over full, drive it a day and a half to Iowa, and the next day get the call from Saul, did you pick up three of my boxes? In my focus on what I was supposed to be doing, I missed the big picture that he had come in and brought some of his stuff, and I needed to just leave it alone. People in the medical profession have told me that nowadays many surgeons will take a Sharpie and actually write on your body parts in order to indicate, do not cut this leg. Yes, smiley face, operate on this leg. And they did it because too many times it walk into a surgical suite and the focus on what is it that I need to do was so narrow, they lost the big picture and worked on the wrong body part. All of our lives, the big picture has a strong impact. When we're thinking about what career to go into, we put it in the context of how we look at the world as a whole. What's the big picture into which I'm growing? and how does that fit with my life? Policy choices that we have in healthcare, in economy, in education, in public service, public safety, all of these things get decided in the context of one big picture or another. Those big pictures shape what we make of the options that life presents. The prophet Isaiah 2,800 years ago. Already understood this. The events, the circumstances that Isaiah is dealing with in this passage are actually pretty straightforward. The great global superpower Assyria has been waging war and at the conclusion of the war has conquered and annexed the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali, two of the 12 tribes of Israel, traditional, ancestral, tribal lands of the people of God, and now Assyria controls them. Some in Isaiah's world have a big picture in which what that looks like is never give up an inch of land. Every loss. Is a humiliation. Isaiah, with the word of the Lord, says there's another big picture because God has chosen Assyria as God's agent in shaping the next era of Israel's life. And this is just one small step in that whole process. And so, Isaiah could say, yes, Zebulun and Naphtali, those ancestral lands are diminished at the first, but in the end, God will honor this way of the sea, Transjordan, Galilee of the nations in their new Assyrian names. Has this made the nation greater? No. No but it has increased the joy because this war is over and a bright future opens ahead of us. Can we imagine saying that? It seems to me that the big picture in our society most often is a whole lot like Isaiah's number one. For us, it's consumer-driven Competitive, individualistic, deeply polarized. A society which one friend decades ago described to me as the place where second place is first loser. In that big picture, how can we ever say that something diminished gains in honor? That the nation may not be greater But there is true joy. We actually come close to this in different ways once in a while. In 1979, the state of Israel gave over two-thirds of the land that it controlled, the entire Sinai Peninsula. Israel gave it to Egypt in order to gain recognition and peace. Did they make the nation greater? Hardly, but it brought joy. I learned this fall from one of our grandsons, what team athletes everywhere know. Alec played football all fall, and he was the bench, the B-Squad. He and his fellow B-Squad players yielded game time every minute of it. He never played one minute on the clock competitively all season. They yielded game time to the better athletes, the more experienced players for the sake of the collective victory, and he was there the day that the entire team received their championship rings. In both cases, Geopolitical Israel, high school junior Alec, a different big picture displaces the usual one, and it brings joy. Scripture paints the big picture for people of God. It starts with God as the creator of the heavens and the earth. That is the big picture. Isaiah refers to it in this reference at the end of the passage to the day of Midian. That was hundreds of years already before Isaiah when God told the Israelite general, send home of your 32,000 troops all but 300. And with those 300, that diminished army, God brought victory over the enemy. Two hundred years after Isaiah. The people of Jerusalem watched their temple be destroyed and got carried off into exile in Babylon with a big picture of God's faithful presence with them. Over and over again in Scripture we see this big picture. Joseph and Mary saw a surprise pregnancy in God's big picture of promise. Jesus himself faced and accepted the threat of crucifixion in a big picture of God's will and transcendent power. Mary Magdalene went to a tomb that was already sealed with a big picture of God's enduring love. The world would have read those moments into its big picture as defeated, and shamed, and weak, and naïve. But in God's big picture, we gained from those moments the first version of the Bible, the holy child of Bethlehem, the exaltation of Jesus to God's right hand and the testimony of resurrection from the dead. We know what the big pictures are that we are offered. One engages the world with take-no-prisoners politics, I-want-mine economics, fend-for-yourself social relations, and, we know best, global domination. Another works from a commitment to God-given human dignity of every individual, social equity, justice, compassion, and thriving of the whole human community in and with creation that one looks to the world as naive, weak, and off base. But to a prophet with God's word and to people with eyes of faith, that one is the big picture that brings a light that shines in the darkness, rejoicing and celebration. Amen. The power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.